Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus Studio. Streaming worldwide on the Out of Bounds Radio app. We are headed to the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line as we go live on location to correspondent Bo Bounds, who's at the SEC Basketball Tournament, and he's got the latest on the dogs sealing the deal and getting to the big dance. What's up, Bo Bounds? Hey, buddy. Um, when I get back to Jackson, I'm updating my resume. Yeah. <laughs> Send it out. And put it on LinkedIn. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. And and I'm going to put official correspondent um, <laughs> For SEC sports out of Nashville, Tennessee, I'm going to add that to my to my resume. See if I get any any hits or bites. You know, I love it. I love SEC basketball correspondent Bo Bounds. There you go, hoops baby. Hey, what a, what a win for Jans and Tolu um, and the team when they didn't play well. Um, you know, if you'd have told me that they would turn the ball over 20 times. Uh, missed that many shots at the rim. I think it was around 20. Um, and shoot 14% from, I think, three-point land. And Cam Matthews really be MIA and beat Florida. And Florida hit some big, you know, three-pointers down the stretch, obviously. 
I'd have said you were crazy, Blake. Yeah. I mean, it was almost a game where you look at it and you have to stand on your head and go, how did they win? But the bottom line is, you know, it doesn't. style points don't matter. It's just about surviving advance. And it looks like they're in. You may have been able to look at some other stuff, uh, more so than I have. I've been with a group of buddies the last couple of days. But, you know, they, uh, they're eight-and-a-half-point dogs, as you know, today, and that would be a major upset. Obviously, well, there's one line that was nine, but it'd be a major upset today. But the bottom line is they did what they, they were supposed to do, and maybe it looks like they punch, punched their ticket. Yeah, Joe Lunardi, as of last night's final basketball games, the latest bracketology that he put out, had them as an 11 seed not playing a play-in game but as an 11 seed headed to Denver to take on St. Mary's. Nice. So they, they would be, they would be paired up in, uh, I believe the number three seed there would be Kansas state. So that would be the high seed in their little four team quadrant in Denver. Got it. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're a good basketball team. Incredible job there. Well, look, the way that Tolu Smith, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday and, and we were really fortunate you know, I had a friend who had a suite at Bridgestone, and Bridgestone Arena is is amazing. And, and I haven't been to Nashville in 10 years, and I can't believe the traffic, and, and I can't believe what's happened there. I mean, I knew it had happened, but, wow, I used to go a good bit. Just haven't been as much lately. But, Blake, here was my takeaway, and I don't know what you thought, is that Tolu Smith, if Tolu played for Alabama or Kentucky or Auburn or Tennessee, he would get to the free throw line a lot more. Uh, what Florida was able to do to him was borderline criminal. And the, uh, you know, the refs just swallowed the whistle all day. The physicality in the paint against him, the way they bodied him up, uh, obviously, a lot of times shifting another guy over for him to be as productive as he was, considering the the battle and the physicality down low, is why he's one of the best big men in the country, and without a doubt, the best big man that Mississippi State has ever had in the modern era. Um, obviously, Bailey Howell was amazing, but you know that was the '50s. But he's he's the best big man that big man that they've they've ever had, you know, exceeding two other, well, there's several, but Lawrence Robertson, Damp, and and others. Uh, Well, and Charles Rhodes was flat out amazing, Uh, probably a little bit underrated. That's just my thoughts, Blake. Yeah, uh, Tolu's 28 points were the second most scored by a Mississippi State player in the SEC tournament, only second to 1983's Jeff Malone, who scored 30 points against Vanderbilt. Um, so one of my favorite players, yeah. and that was before the three-point line. And, and there's there's no telling what Jeff Malone would have done under Bob Boyd out of Georgia. You know, he went on to have a heck of a career, hell of a career with the uh, Washington Bullets, now Wizards. But look, man, Tolu's ability, and and let's just say this, you know, they were resilient. It wasn't pretty, but for Davis to drive the length of the floor, um draw a little pressure and dump it to Tolu and Tolu to make that basket under duress. Yeah. To get them the win, Blake was uh 
that's what tough teams are made of. Somebody asked me, hey, you know, because they've kind of been clunky throughout the year, can this team win an NCAA tournament game? Man, this team could win two. Yes. I mean, look, if you beat A&M and you beat Arkansas on the road and you just beat Florida on a neutral court, you can win a tournament game or two. It's just all about the draw and how you play and blah, blah, blah. But they play, they can play ugly. And in the tournament, Blake, a lot of times if you can play ugly yep. and win, yep. you can advance. It, most of the time we've talked about this before this year and even we've talked about it earlier this season, shooters can go very cold in tournament games because you get in these giant arenas that have no depth and they're not used to it and – the teams that can play scrappy, ugly basketball and do it consistently with high level can absolutely, uh, absolutely win games. How about this for Tolu Smith? Because I think this speaks to his mentality and personality, but also what Chris Jans has done and why, arguably, like I know a couple results didn't go their way, but it's hard to tell me Chris Jans didn't do the best coaching job in the country this year. Um, Tolu Smith, when he got benched at the end of the Florida loss. January 21st, if you remember correctly, State had lost 7 of 8 in the SEC, and Tolu was averaging 10 points and 7 boards. 10 points and 7 boards. Since that point, State's gone 9 and 4, and Tolu's averaging 19 and 9. Wow. Wow. In college basketball, right at a Mm -hmm. Uh, double-double. Without a lot of help, on drawing the defense out to the perimeter. So so I guess what happened without you and I sitting down with Jans for 10 to 20 minutes is they eventually found some kind of workaround and, and an offense that could – they weren't going to hit shots on the perimeter that much, but they could at least open up some space for Tolu. Yep. And, you know, I think Davis and, and Shaq Moore's ability – to penetrate, do some things, uh, has obviously has obviously helped Tolu. And, of course, the fact that Cam Matthews can pass, you know, is such a good passer of the basketball as a big man uh, is also a factor there. That's incredible. Yeah. 10 and 7, 19 and 9. Yeah, wow. and the fact that, it, you, like you said, there's a lot of things in here, triggers that you would say if you look at the box score, you go, whoa, DJ Jeffries and Cam Matthews combined for six points. State must have lost by 10, right? right. And, and so there's things like that that you go, that's so weird. But I think, it, again, they, they got out early and they were able to kind of just hold on to the bits and pieces as it went. And you, you mentioned it, Tolu Smith's ability to play through contact. I know he shot 17 free throws, which is a lot, but it felt like he could have shot 27 free throws. It, it did. And I know we got to go, but I, I just, if he played for Kentucky or Tennessee or Bama or, or LSU and they were good, uh, he would go to the free throw line more. And I'm going to say it again. What they allowed to happen to him yesterday was borderline criminal. I love it. That's correspondent Bo Bounds live on location Woo! from Nashville, Tennessee, as he is at the SEC basketball tournament. The Dogs take on the Crimson Tide at 12 o'clock today. Watch it on SEC Network. 12 o'clock, Bulldogs and Crimson Tide. Can Chris Jans pull an upset of the year? Boy, you think you're in the tournament now. 
You win this one, whole different ballgame. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus studio. More from Correspondent Bo coming up next. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus studio. We are talking a little SEC hoops as Mississippi State beats Florida behind a uh, career performance from Tolu Smith yesterday. They take on Alabama at 12 in uh, their second matchup of the SEC basketball tournament. It'll be Crimson Tide and Dogs at 12 o'clock today. We are going to the Farm Bureau guest line. As we go to correspondent Bo Bounds, who is live on location in Nashville. And I think, Bo, before we jump back into this SEC hoops, we want to uh, hit a little uh, a little PGA. The Players' Championship is on right now. Yeah, we do. And uh, our leaderboard updates brought to you by Edwin White's Golf Shop on County Line Road. Hit it before you go to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. We talked about this last year, Blake. Chad Ramey. Played golf at Mississippi State, won the Corrales Championship, I think, last year. That's about right. $700,000 PGA Tour event allowed him to to get on tour and all that. And uh, he's number one at the players right now. He, he's number one on the leaderboard, obviously. A long way to go, but played really well yesterday. And we were watching it yesterday afternoon at my buddy's house when we got back from Mississippi State, Florida. So pr- it's really cool to see him play well, um, former Mississippi State golfer. Yeah, he shot. At, so this is for those who don't know, the Players Championship is at TPC Sawgrass in Florida, and it's the iconic 17th hole. Everyone, I think, if you've seen any of Tiger, we all watched Tiger Woods growing up. If you've seen any of golf, that iconic par three to the island green, that's the 17th at TPC Sawgrass. Chad Ramey not only birdied the 17th yesterday, he had seven other birdies, and he didn't have a single over par hole he shot eight under one off the course record for a tournament round at tpc sawgrass wow yeah baller is what we call that (laughs) didn't he finish eight under he finished eight under that's right yeah eight under no bogeys eight birdies um he came in as the 174th rated player in the tournament (laughs) in the fedex cup standings his odds to win the players' championship were plus thirty five hundred. So if you took wow. if you took Ramey on now again, if if there's anything more sh- challenging, it's leading after one in a golf tournament and trying to make that last sure. till Sunday, right? But but boy, what a uh, what a start for the Mississippi thirty year old Mississippi native. Thirty years old. Okay, 
Well, I hope he can uh, – I mean, I want him to win it, but I'd love for him to finish in the top 10 to 15. I mean, how cool would that be? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Up there with names like uh, you know Colin Marikawa, Jason Day – uh, just you know, the list goes on and on. You're like, wow, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Jordan Spieth, you know, he's ahead of these guys. He's ahead of of names that we all go, oh, those are the best in the world. <laughs> wow. Well, um, Bank Plus, Bank Plus sponsored Chad Ramey, and. There's a relationship there. They, they've done that over the years with certain Mississippi golfers. And I would think with what Ramey did, I, I had to guess, Blake, he's, he's played in the Sanderson Farms through sponsor exemptions and so on. But I'm not even sure that Steve Gent and them have to do that now that he won last year. So I think that means he's he's automatically – you know, in the Fed, all the FedEx stuff, yep. and blah blah blah. Yep. And I can't remember what all he received or got once he won the Corrales Championship last year. But it's really cool to see him, you know, get on tour. You mentioned he's missed a bunch of cuts because it's brutal, and hopefully he can, uh, like I said, finish in the top ten, top fifteen. Maybe he'll have his best year ever as a pro. Yeah, he has that that one PGA Tour win, like you said uh, last year. Out of his 44 events, he's played 14 events this year, made the cut five out of 14. Um, But already his official tour earnings are 300,000 for the year. So let's not. Okay, well, that's not bad. It's only March. It ain't bad change for having only made five of your 14 cuts. But that is the difference. You know, we like to talk about the big storyline in the PGA Live battle, which you know, has obviously gone by the wayside because that was kind of a flash in the pan type thing for a minute, but uh, was, oh, you know, these players don't want to play so many events. They want better lifestyles. Well, here's the real lifestyle of a PGA golfer for 90% of these guys. It's Chad Ramey. He's already played 14 events in the 22-23 season. That's, you know, he's not, he's out there grinding. He has to go to all these events. He has to go to Sanderson Farms. He has to go to the other, you know, the, the Timex Challenge and Boca Raton right. and things like that, right? Like just the random places that you go play golf. He's out there grinding, and then you hope that one weekend, what happened to Chad yesterday, you hope that happens for four days, but that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to get that one break and then on the big stage say, hey, look look what I can do. Sure. I mean, you finish in the top ten here, and, uh, you know, you rack up some points, and, and you, you, you may get some momentum, and, uh, look, after watching Full Swing on Netflix, on the PGA Tour, and a little bit of the live, uh, it's really survival. I mean, you know, it, it's just there's only a, a, a few, a, what, a dozen plus Jordan Spieths and Justin Thomases. Like you said, most of these guys are trying to hang around, make some good money, and uh, maybe stay on tour till 36, 37, and we'll see what happens with Chad Ramey from Mississippi and Mississippi State. And uh, shout out for to Bank Plus for supporting him too. Yeah, absolutely. Now I want to segue real quick. We're on the Out of Bounds show. We're talking to correspondent Bo Bounds on the Farm Bureau yeah. Insurance guest line. Um, now I saw this come across my feed, and you didn't text me, so I didn't know you were doing this. But what made you put the nineteen thousand five hundred dollars on MSU to win the SEC tournament? 
at, at plus five thousand. <laughs> I know I didn't want to I didn't want to blow you up, but I know that was you. So why did you put twenty grand on the dogs? Well, that's how much you know. That's how much <laughs> I believe in their perimeter shooting. Um, man, look, Jan's. We keep saying it. He, he's done an amazing job. They're going to have to pony up. Uh, I think they're wi- they will. I think they're going to be fine with uh, with Texas Tech and Wichita State. Um, even though there's some rival media that are determined to make you believe that that he's leaving. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to lock Jans up. They're going to do what they need to do. I think they've already done what they need to do or in the process NIL wise. Um, and, and we'll see, man, if they, if they go to Denver, I may have to, may have to hop on a plane and, uh, we're sending correspondent Bo Bounds to Denver. Yeah, I may, I may have to do that. Cross your fingers that everything lines up and they get in and, and da 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 da, but uh, it what a story! It, it is a, it's 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 a Cinderella story. Absolutely. And um, you know, so hey, is, is, has the Chris Beard thing become official? I mean, I've been driving for two hours. No. So the last I saw was all reports are that it's rumored to be occurring. And that there could be a press conference as early as Monday, but there is no actual report. Got it. Got it. Okay, that'd be a great hire uh, for Keith. I, now, I mean, there's there's some baggage there, and you can go through that. But as far as on the court, that is a really good hire for Keith Carter. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't have time. And evidently, on- he's okayed it with Glenn Boyce, the chancellor, and. You know, I guess everybody's blessed it, whoever that is, other than Glenn Boyce, and and it, you know it it could shake out and it could happen, and and we'll see, you know, how that looks. He he's done a he did an amazing job at Texas Tech in Texas. Yeah, ab- no, absolutely. That's uh, there's no doubt on the court. Chris Beard, fantastic off the court. It raises a great a great question that I wish we had more time to discuss, but it's. What it, what's the responsibility of your university in the morality department, right? Hold hold it yeah, for discussion. <laughs> boy, that rabbit hole could go on forever, no doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. Correspondent Bo Bounds live on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, be safe getting home, Bo. We'll, uh, we'll see you Monday. Okay, buddy. Take care. See ya. Bo Bounds on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Man, it's good. it's good to be a correspondent. We may be sending Bo out to Denver. We'll see. SEC hoops today at 12. But remember, you got SEC baseball as well. Big series in Startville. Chris Lamonis and company need a 3-0 weekend. Bad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, 
Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Ah, good morning. Welcome in. The big basketball tournament over the next several weeks. Powered by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Full bar and food. Plus a top 100 golf course, Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, all an hour away from here. That's a good 24, 48 hours. Hit Philip M's too. Great old, old style steakhouse. The Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge and DancingRabbitGolf.com. Brought to you by the big, big, big hoops tournament over the next few weeks. We'll see if Mississippi State can punch their ticket on Friday. No, sorry, Thursday. I'll be there. Heading to Nashville today. And uh, they play tomorrow morning at, uh, well, lunch, noon. MSU in Florida. They win. I think most people believe they're in. They lose... I don't think so, but maybe they have a shot. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. You can watch the show right now on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. You can see that we have a Tito's Vodka helmet on the set and a Mississippi State football helmet signed by Fred Smoot and a super cool Ole Miss uh, bag cooler that we're excited about. We're also excited to welcome in our friend Tom Luganville, ESPN Insider, college football. Um, And really, we can go NFL with Luke's because – he follows these guys from high school to college. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. We've been discussing this, uh, what the SEC may do. Are they going to stay at eight with Oklahoma and Texas coming in next year? Eight conference games. Or are they going to go to nine? Um, Nick Saban kind of threw a fit um, last week on what is rumored to be, if they go to nine, Alabama's three permanent opponents. Nobody feels sorry for Alabama or Nick Saban. Uh, (laughs) It it would be Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. They're the number one recruiter. They've been the number one recruiter with Georgia. You know, we'll see. Um, Tom, this debate is going to shake out here over the next 60 to 90 days. There's also some talk that if they do this, they may not play as many Power 5 non-conference games. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have more isolation in college football. And I don't think that's what people want. As somebody who has, flies all over the country to call games, and at times you get different conference matchups before everybody gets into conference play. Sure. Um, I have been talked into the fact that it is good for the ACC and SEC and Big Ten and Big 12 and Pac-12 to play some football against each other rather than them never playing each other. What do you think, Tom Luganville? No, I, I agree. The problem is the coaches are always going to push back on that if you go to nine games, and they're going to want to schedule a group of five or an FCS opponent uh, early in the season and, of course, late in the season. Um, that's just that's their kind of nature of doing things because particularly late in the year, and the SEC takes a lot of flack for this, but I don't fault them because I'd do the same thing or I would want to. You get into the back half of that season, man, it is a battle of attrition. And if you don't have a bye fall in the right place, which most evolved teams don't have a bye falling in the right place in the last three to four weeks, 
they look at that as a bit of a breather if they can schedule, you know, a, a Western Carolina there or, a, you know, pick your school, uh, somebody that, that's Wofford. not going to be overly – Yeah, Wofford. I mean, it's not going to be overly competitive for you. And now you get to play some of your young guys, rest some of your older guys. Not that you want to call it a bye week, but in essence, that's kind of how they're looking at it. So, yeah, would we would we have less opportunities to play Power 5 versus Power 5 from other conferences if you go to, to nine games? Absolutely. I think the coaches would unanimously band together and say, all right, if we're doing this nine thing, um, and I hope this wouldn't happen, but it could, because I think that kickoff weekend where you have the Chick-fil-A kickoff, and you have some of these neutral site deals like we've had, you know, in Arlington. And, you know, you get a, a, an Alabama versus a, a Wisconsin or you get, you know, a, a Clemson versus, you know, whoever, name your school that you wouldn't normally see. It would be interested to see if those teams that have been more than willing to do those would now choose to opt out of them because yeah. it's a big game against a big opponent. The, the, if, but if I'm an Alabama bow, I would opt to play that game early because you're going to have distinct advantages personnel wise and take advantage of a team that maybe doesn't know who they are yet. True. True. That's, that's a good point. Um, you know, an extra game is, is tough on, on some programs that have proven they can be really good at times. Uh, Mississippi state, Ole Miss, Arkansas, South Carolina, um, yeah. sometimes Kentucky, Missouri, and even that second tier of Auburn and Tennessee is not, they're not in a and M although I, May put A and M in the Mississippi State Ole Miss tier, uh, considering they really haven't won big. We just talk about them because they are so big, um, as far as resources and enrollment and money. But you know, you, you've got the elite Luke's in Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. Okay, that that yeah. those are the three teams in the league. And Auburn can be, and, no doubt. And and I think Freeze will, will get them there. Okay, yeah. combination of recruiting and transfers and how good he is with the QB. I think I I think he can make up the gap at times, certain years, on Georgia, Bama, and LSU, especially at home, and beat them and put himself in position for the twelve team playoff. But right. but on some years where you pull four at home and five on the road on a nine game schedule, even an Auburn, Tennessee, A and M could find themselves in a in a bad spot and just trying to fight for a. Mid-tier bowl game, Tom. Yeah, you you could, and and depending on how top to bottom strong league is, you know, I what you what you brought up there, I kind of go back to you know some of the the comments that Nick Saban said about his potential common three every year, and he doesn't like it. Well, if you were to base that opinion off of the last, let's just say seven years, then Alabama should be ecstatic about it being um, Auburn and LSU and Tennessee. But Nick Saban knows what Auburn and Tennessee are capable of being. And up until this past fall, shoot, I think over the last 10 years, Tennessee's won like 30% of their game. Like they, it's, they, they haven't even been in the mix. So I think what worries Nick Saban is that he's aware of what Tennessee and Auburn are capable of being, and he's looking at it from that perspective not from the perspective of what they've been the last five to seven years. So now, to your point, if all of a sudden Auburn gets really good, Tennessee gets really good, Alabama, we're, we're going to assume, is going is to stay at or near the top. You've got Georgia. We don't know what's going to happen with Florida, uh, you know, ascending. Um, 
there, there's got, somebody's got to lose, I guess is what I'm trying right. to get out. No matter how good everybody gets, somebody is going to lose. And then you find yourself in a position where you could be a really good football team and maybe be a better football team than the top two to three teams in another Power Five conference, but it won't matter. Well, and here's where I am now with it. Tom Luganbill, ESPN Insider on the Out of Bounds show. Um, Blake it was getting on me during the break because, you know, when, when Sankey and them did the Power Five non-conference mandate, I was like, eh, what are we doing here? I'd rather stay at eight and keep the Power Five, you know, non-con and play ACC and Big 12 and Pac-12 and Big 10 teams. And, but there's and, no and guarantee that's going to happen, Bo. That's the thing. No. There's no guarantee you're going to get that. But, and I like the the one permanent and rotating seven, and you you miss, you know, you miss Alabama and LSU every year. You get them every other year if you're State and Ole Miss and yeah. Arkansas and so on. I just think that's a better spot. And then you get to play around the country and they come see you. I think that's better and healthier for college football than the latter of what we're talking about if we go to a nine-game conference schedule and they don't ask you to do the Power 5 non-con, which means ADs will not do it, Luke. Now, Alabama may do it because they can. Georgia yeah. may do it. But I, I can tell you this. I've talked to AD, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, if they have any kind of good ADs. Arkansas, South Carolina, Kentucky, n- no way I would. Now, I know that they're tied in. And look, I think if you go to nine games, I wonder if you keep Clemson, South Carolina, and Florida, Florida State. I wouldn't if I was Scott Strickland. I'd be like, we're out. We we got to find a way to win enough games. <laughs> I would right? lose. It's about winning I games. Know. It, it, it well, is. That's how this conversation started is you're going to lose those Power Five matchups because the schools that think they're going to be at a distinct disadvantage within their own conference aren't going to be willing to make it harder on themselves out of conference. So... Well, and, and Blake just mentioned we may be moving towards a power four. And again, I don't know what that looks like. Um, but it, it, it's a matter of how much ESPN Disney throws at the SEC. And, and also, will the SEC cannibalize themselves and take slots away from themselves in this new expanded 12-team playoff? See, if, if I'm saying I'm sitting here thinking we're already winning titles. Some years we're sending two to the four-team playoff. Hell, if we stay at eight, I may could gobble up another two spots out of those 12 spots, and we'll all be riding high. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of legitimacy uh, to that line of thinking. But they also may think they're good enough anyway. Even if you do it, go to nine, you're still going to get at least half the slots. Right? I mean, you, you really are. I mean, if you, if you, think, if you think about it, and, and then you'll feel good maybe even six to eight of the slots, and you'll feel good about who you're getting matched up against because you're going to probably have the better football team. So what you could end up having is almost an entirely SEC remaining pool, potentially. So let's just say if um, Tennessee had another really, really good year, they finish 10-2, and they don't play in the SEC championship game, but they become the seventh seed in the college football playoff, all right? And then you look at who they may play. Well, what if it's Baylor out of the Big 12? Well, who's the better team between those two, right? I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm hypothesizing here. But sure, Tennessee I, is. I think, yeah, yeah. So I think they're also looking at it um, through the lens of who would our, I don't want to call lower tier, but who would our back-end teams 
that would make the college football playoff, if we're the SEC, who would they be playing in that first round? And they would probably feel like they've got advantages regardless of who that opponent is. I agree. The overwhelming majority of the time. Okay. Hell, it, it could be a group of five teams. I mean, it, it, it could be it, on any given year if, if that's the 12th or 11th team. Now you got real advantages. You do, although I, I really wonder how that's going to work going forward now that uh, Central Florida, Cincinnati, and Houston will be heading to the Big 12. There's just only so many heavily populated areas that could really have the juice at the G5 level, Lugs. Right. And we're kind of we're shifting those guys into Power 5, and yeah. there's... I don't know how many more since, you know, Central Florida, you know, this year always down in Orlando, great area. You can, you can find dudes, Cincinnati, you can find dudes in Houston. Dude, Houston's the biggest gold mine. They don't even have to get on a plane to recruit. No. And, and not a single coach on that staff has to get on an airplane to recruit. I just wonder how many more teams there are like that, you know, around the country that can, that can be what, Develop into build what they did, and then you know find themselves in the in a power five comp. For our Very listeners, cute. those teams are going to the Big Twelve. Just in case you you forgot, now, yeah. And you know what? A team like App State would be in that conversation. A team like Boise would be in that conversation. The problem is, to your point, they're not in a heavily populated area, uh-huh. which makes what they've done even more impressive. It is. I don't think they can do what the, the what we just referenced can do. But I, you're right. They're UTSA they're really good programs. UTSA is the one team. Because they are going to have distinct advantages because of where they reside. True. Yeah, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, all that. All right, let's switch gears. Uh, um, You have covered Lamar Jackson since he was in high school. And he goes on to UofL. And then, then of course, he's had a good NFL career. And and it looks like the NFL owners are not going to do what Jimmy Haslam did with the Cleveland Browns and guarantee all that money to Deshaun Watson, and they're just like, no. And and that's the contract he wants. Um, right. Now, talk about him as far as skills. He's, uh, he's had an MVP year. He's also had some ups and downs. I think he's still trying to develop in the pocket a little bit more, probably, uh, refine yeah. his skills from the pocket. He's obviously can, can, can hurt you with his feet um, and, and legs. You know, when you look at him and his progressions from high school to college to the NFL, um, what do you see with Lamar Jackson? And some team's going to spend $200 million. They're not going to guarantee the, the Deshaun deal. but you somebody's going to. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I don't, it, and that's not a knock against, the, uh, against Lamar Jackson. That, that's an indictment on the Cleveland Browns in a collision sport where there's a high rate of injury to the most important position on the field, and you're going to guarantee that type of money? That's just, that's just not, that's not a good business deal. That's bad business. Agreed. Right? And, it, and it's not a knock on Lamar. But to answer your question, I don't think Lamar would be where he is today without Bobby Petrino. And I say that, and, and I, I just so happen to have two Louisville games the year he won the Heisman, and I had the Louisville spring game going into that season. And one of the things that Bobby Petrino did during the 15 days of spring football that year is he did not allow Lamar Jackson to play out of the shotgun. Everything they did in every offensive snap was under center, within the pocket, three-step, five-step, forced him to stay with progressions, 
Even when he didn't like it, when his instincts told him he could take off and run, he coached him hard and tried to create some discipline because he could see that he had the skill as a passer, but his natural instinct, he's so athletic that when things aren't quite right, he's going to take off and run, right? And I think that he made such strides with Lamar Jackson and improved him so much as an in-pocket guy that he added to the arsenal. He, he added something that maybe Lamar didn't have coming out of high school, his freshman, redshirt freshman year, and that had to be honed and developed. And, and credit Lamar, who, you know, was, was all in on, 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 on buying in, and I think is a better player as, as a result of it. I, I look at it this way. The way he plays, I'm not saying it's dangerous or reckless, but I'm saying in that league there is risk. Mm-hmm. And that scares people, all right? And I think that's fair. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that Daniel Jones is getting $40 million and Lamar Jackson is getting 32 come on, man. Like, what, what are we doing here? Right. Um, and so I think you got to pay him. I think you got to pay him above market value. I don't think there's ever going to be guarantees for anybody. It doesn't matter who it is anymore. It's because it's bad business. And those who continue to, I think, live in that world – and make bad business decisions are going to be out of a job at some point or another. And, um, and so that's my take on him. Okay. So we'll see what the Ravens do. Um, you know, he's not going to get the Deshaun. The, the other 31 owners have decided they're not going down that road again. And so, Bob, and he's representing himself, Tom Luganville. How about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's overly smart. That's just my personal opinion. Sure. When you're dealing with in this magnitude of not just dollars, but relationships, conversations, um, tough conversations sometimes, you know what? You need a bad guy. You can't be the bad guy, you know? And, and I would say that in my line of work, in your line of work, if, you know, like I, I, I have to have relationships and, and answer to and interact with my bosses that ultimately at the end of the day, are also making contract decisions on me. Right. Right. And if things go sour, um, if things get heated, you don't want to fracture a relationship that could lead somebody to make an opinion or a decision that wasn't objective. And I think that's why you need the go between guy. Right. Okay. Let's go to Aaron Rodgers. This is weird. He's weird, but he's so talented. <laughs> yeah. um, when was the first time you, you saw or, or Matt Aaron Rodgers? Well, it's interesting because well, I haven't met him, but I've seen him play as a junior college guy. It's a little history here. When I was getting recruited out of junior college, and Jeff, Jeff Tedford loves junior college guys, um, and he was the offensive coordinator at Fresno State in those early 90s teams with Trent Dilfer, those really, really good teams in the WAC. And um, and he had recruited me really, really hard. I maintained a longstanding relationship with him. And then, you know, he went on to be the offensive coordinator, of course, at Oregon, the offensive coordinator, of course, uh, at, at Cal and Fresno again, and then back to become the head coach at Cal. And along the way, um, guys like myself, Akili Smith was a Juco guy that he took. Um, wow. And then there was this guy out of Butte College who, who was Aaron Rodgers, you know, and uh, – and it's interesting, if you go back and look at Aaron Rodgers, even if you look at still shots of him at Cal, 
Look at where he carries the ball and how he holds the ball, and then watch him now. And look at how different he is mechanically and his ability to change arm angles, flick of the wrist. Those were things that he couldn't do out of junior college, and I don't think he was really even doing them out of Cal. It was just something that he kind of, I think, developed over the years, and it's a totally different look and style of play from a release standpoint that he's kind of developed over the years. Ah, okay. So Mahomes may have taken what he did and, and taken it to another level. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what he he does. Um, most people that that talented don't sit like he did. And, you know, whether he ends up with the Jets or somebody else, yeah, it, 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 you get the sense he's hard to deal with, but who knows what's true and not <laughs> true, think? right? I mean, I think the Packers not having an owner, it hurts them. To, you know, Luke's, I, yeah, I just. Yeah, I think so. Not having that big boss that can get involved and that can say, hey, this is what we're doing or what we're not doing. And you, you made me right, you know, it's, uh, it's just different, you know, and, and that's why, you know, it's, it, they used to be the criticism of, of the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they didn't, they didn't have a player personnel department. Like, they didn't have scouts. All the coaches, like, did everything. Wow. The most part, that's still fairly true. And there was a lot of criticism. It's, okay, well, why aren't they as good as they should be? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Years and years and years. No wonder they weren't any good. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, now they got a dude at quarterback and some other good things um, and a good coach and so on. All right, well, we'll see what happens with, with Aaron Rodgers. I like your, your take on Lamar Jackson. He needs to, you need to have a go-between. You need to have an agent um, to help you negotiate and be the bad guy and so on. All right, bud, um, have a good week, and we'll talk Hello. soon. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to text you and Blake right now two still shots of Aaron Rodgers at Cal and at Green Bay if you want to use for your social and stuff like that with the conversation we just had. Okay. Yeah, I tell you what, man, Tedford, underrated. I mean, he did an amazing job at Fresno and Cal. Oh, and my goodness. Golly, he had that thing. And he, everybody used to give him a hard time saying, well, none of your quarterbacks pan out. Well, his job isn't to coach him in the NFL. His job is to win games in college. Hey, <laughs> hey. and look, when, when Pete Carroll w was on his run at Southern Cal, the second-best team in the Pac-10 at that time, now Pac-12, was – Cal in 02, yep. 03, 04, you know, during that time he had, he had, uh, Aaron and, and Marshawn Lynch and some other dudes. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend. Appreciate you. All right. I just texted those pictures. You're going to giggle. <laughs> Tom Luganbill, ESPN national college football analyst, also doing the XFL. He joined us on the farm bureau insurance guest line. He believes without a doubt that Lamar Jackson and Blake was over there shaking his head. Yes. That Lamar needs an agent to negotiate with whoever all these teams are, Blake. Uh, obviously the Ravens, but the Falcons, among others, that could be in line for his services. And we'll see what shakes out with the uh, former MVP. He hasn't really done anything in the postseason, but he's electric. He's a big-time playmaker. Kids love him because on video games, he's, you know, amazing. So he's got that whole social media thing going because of his explosive plays. I think that gives him a little more juice than what he is. He's a good player, but I do think that gives him a little more juice because his clips, his 10-second clips on Twitter and, and all that are, are pretty damn amazing. 
Hey, don't forget that Mud Bugs opens today. You want some crawfish or shrimp? Mud Bugs, two locations in Rankin County, Reservoir and downtown Brandon. Mud Bugs, best crawfish in Mississippi. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh. 